Welcome to America's Heroes Group podcast with information and resources that's disseminated intentionally to empower our military population with host Vietnam veteran Cliff Kelly, co-host Iraq veteran Colonel Dr. Damon Arnold, and co-host Army National Guard veteran Sean Claiborne. And now, America's Heroes Group podcast. Welcome back to America's Heroes Group, the roundtable and our partner, Veterans Legislative Voice. September is National Suicide Prevention and Hispanic Heritage Month. Today is Saturday, September 10th, 2022. Our host is Cliff Kelly. I'm Sean Claiborne, a co-host, Army National Guard veteran. Our executive producer is Glenda Smith, and our digital media producer is Ivan Ortega of Scouts Honor Productions. And we have a familiar voice on the line with us, Ms. Stephanie Collada. She's a U.S. Army Reserve Sergeant First Class veteran and founder and creator of the Veterans Legislative Voice. And she brought us to panelists today. That's Cherise Isis. She's a photographer of the, of the Athena Division of the Grace Project. We're going to be talking about women's veterans and breast cancer. So, Stephanie, how are you doing? Doing great. I'm excited to be here because we got some great things going. And Shri Slices, yes, wonderful, beautiful photographer that photographs these women. And um, it's really important to highlight women veterans and military women with breast cancer. There was a 2009 study that found that military women have a 20 to 40 percent higher risk developing breast cancer than civilian women. That study was only done in 2009. It was done and it only looked at 1990 to 2004. They haven't done a follow-up study and they haven't really even touched to see if women veterans are affected by burn pits Hmm. as a variable for this. So it's a big thing to to really study about. Yeah, I mean, I did not know that. that, So women women veterans have a higher chance of getting breast cancer as opposed to the civilian yes. population. That's wild. Yes, and many, many women veterans that we know um, are getting are being, uh, being diagnosed with breast cancer younger than the actual screening age. Mm. And these people don't even have uh, the genes that would actually uh, give them a lower screening rate. So it's something that we really need to bring awareness about. And I'd love to introduce Sharice. If you can just tell us a little bit of how you got started and what's really going on. Sure. Hi. Um, thank you for having me on today. It's our um, pleasure. Yes. Yeah, so um, basically I started the – so I've been photographing breast cancer survivors since um, 2009. Um, and I started the project because um, I used to do a lot of boudoir photography and um, – I had a, basically, to cut a long story short, I had a woman who came to my studio and had a very transformative experience during the process of being photographed. She confessed that she was a 12-year breast cancer survivor and that she felt mutilated underneath her clothing Mm. and that her husband had read an article about my work and he wanted her to feel the way that my clients felt when they left my studio. And um, I just thought that was such a beautiful, touching thing for her to tell me. So I continued photographing her and she started revealing her non-mastectomy breasts, but leaving the mastectomy side covered. And after a while, she was like laying on the couch and she got comfortable and we're having fun shooting. And suddenly she just takes off her shirt and she throws her shirt off and she's like, I'm doing this for myself. And in that moment, I, I witnessed a woman letting go of 12 years of shame from her body. And it was like probably the most powerful 
photographic moment I'd had up until that point. So I, I, after that, I decided that I would, you know, I started looking on the internet to see what kind of photographs were out there of women that had mastectomies. And the only images that were out there were these kind of gruesome pictures that doctors had taken in their offices that cut the head off of the woman so that you couldn't see her face. And it was down just to the length of the torso. It was in bad lighting and it was showing very harsh, fresh scars. And I thought to myself, if I was a woman newly diagnosed with breast cancer, I'd feel horrified to think that this is what I was going to look like mm. after, um, you know, after looking on the Internet. So I just started putting it out there that I was going to do this um, project where I was going to be photographing um, breast cancer survivors. So um, a few years went by, and in 2015, um, my friend Donna Gwynn, um, she was a veteran and um, also a breast cancer survivor. She approached me and she said, I don't know if you're aware of the study that the Department of Defense um, did at um, Walter Reed Hospital. She said, but um, they did a study that showed that there was up to a 40% increased chance um, for women in the, in the um, military to get breast cancer. And she was like, I really want to unearth this information and really spread some awareness about it because she says, I have young friends who are ignoring lumps in their breasts when they're out in the field. And um, by the time they go and get it treated, it's too late. And, you know, they have suddenly stage four cancer. Wow. And um, so, you know, I um, I said, you know, of course. So she she and I started this big campaign in 2015 to try and get a bunch of um, military women together at the National Women's Memorial in Arlington um, to do the photo to do the photo shoot, and we got 20, 20 people together, and um, it was a really powerful photo shoot because first of all, like all of the women that showed up at the National Women's Memorial that particular weekend had never really connected with breast cancer sisters that were also veterans. So Hmm. there was this, you know, aside from doing these really beautiful, powerful photo shoots, there was this real sort of sisterhood that um, was kind of a side effect of bringing all these women together. And it was really very beautiful um, weekend. And then, um, you know, the thing that I found out through photographing these women, you know, like it's a very intimate experience when you're, when somebody's like, revealing their scars, a lot of them um, revealing their scars for the first time to somebody else other than their doctor or their husbands. Or, um, But anyway, um, I, you know, in the process of photographing um, these women, it was kind of incredible because, um, like, a lot of the women that I'd photographed had never given themselves a chance to, for instance, cry about their cancer. I mean, when you go through cancer, you're facing your own mortality. Mm-hmm. And um, these women just kind of shoved it down. They were, you know, um, serving alongside men. And, and many women feel that they have to be um, not as strong as men, but even stronger than the men when they're serving but because they have something to prove. And so instead of kind of allowing themselves to grieve what was happening to their bodies or, or grieve the fact that they're like facing their own mortality, you know, they just shove down their emotions. So um, photographing them at the memorial was for some of them the first time that they had ever allowed themselves to 
feel any emotion about their cancer. So that was really intense. And um, and then I, you know, got heard stories from women because they start to share their like deep things that have happened to them. You know, like um, you know, there were women who were sent um, to doctors in the VA who had never had any experience doing um, breast surgery. Oh, really? And uh, yeah, wow. so they were sent to like a doctor who specialized in prostate um, surgery. And, um, you know, one of the women, you know, it like totally messed up, you know, she was a very fit, strong military woman who, you know, had exercised a lot and stuff. And suddenly like this doctor had messed up her um, stomach muscles from trying to do a reconstruction that he really didn't you know that wow. you know he didn't have experience doing so you know she could no longer exercise anymore she had mm. to quit her work she lost her position in the military she um and she had to spend thousands of dollars um of her own money on correcting what happened to her body as a result so um you know like there's many stories um that like that i mean i talked to um a woman um who was a colonel and she didn't want to be photographed because she was still in active service and she was in charge of a lot of men and she didn't feel like she would be um, taken seriously if she participated in the project, but she did want to talk to me about the project and her experience. And, um, you know, she told me about how in order to not lose her position, um, in her job and her benefits, she continued serving while she was taking chemo, and that like wreaked havoc on her body. So she was out in Afghanistan, having to like, um, you know, ride in trucks, and they can't pull over because her stomach's upset. So she had to wear Depends and the feel, mm. and um, just you know, really, really intense stories that nobody realizes that these women are going through in the process of having breast cancer treatment. Do you know and, if there's anything uh, happening now in the military to try to address this issue? Well, I think that there's more awareness starting to to happen now. I mean, you know, with the PACT Act and stuff like that, and some recognition that there is actually like, um, you know, some, you know, with toxic exposure and stuff that people are having health issues because of that. And I feel like that's a really positive step towards um, change. And we also, there's a, a woman in the project, Dr. Um, Kate um, Thomas Hendricks. Um, she actually passed away um, just earlier this year. And um, But she was a, a real advocate for bringing this awareness um, to the forefront. And she actually was responsible for the um, MAMO Act, which would allow um, young women to be able to have access to mammograms um, regardless of whether they were of the right age or not. Because when she found her lump, she was told she was too young. Mm. And um, by the, you know, and she ended up getting diagnosed at age four. And, um, you know, it's really tragic because Kate was just such a beautiful person. Um, but, you know, and she left behind a husband and a, like a, and a young son, you know, because she had this stage four cancer. So, um, you know, and my friend, um, my friend Donna, who I told you about, who um, gave me the information about the increased statistics, she actually died from breast cancer in 2020. Wow. So, um, you know, so it makes it even more kind of like near and dear to my heart because I lost this really 
like special person who um well now I've actually lost five people who've participated oh. in this part of the project but um so forty you know, percent increase in, in risk of having breast cancer by being in the military. Yeah, between the twenty twenty to forty percent increased chance, yeah. Wow. Which is really kind of staggering statistic. Yeah, it's really scary. And so one of the things that we're doing to bring up the awareness is she's having a photographic exhibition at the Military Women's Memorial at the Arlington National Cemetery in Arlington, Virginia. That's going to be from September 24th to October 9th, free and open to the public. Um, You can ask at the gate how to get there. And it's really going to be a very beautiful, wonderful uh, thing to behold. And one of the things that we're also adding to bring more awareness is on October 1st, we're going to have a panel of experts, uh, oncologists, and we also have breast cancer survivors and uh, Diana Danis, which everybody's familiar with. She's a legislative analyst. And so they're going to have a really wonderful panel to talk about all of this. And then that's at 1 p.m. to 2 p.m. And then from 2 p.m. to 4 p.m. will be an artist reception. So everybody can meet the panelists. They can meet the uh, models. They can meet Sharice and talk about everything that's really going on. Uh, This event will also be virtual through the Military Women's Memorial on YouTube. Uh, So I really am trying to encourage as many people as possible to come out and come witness and really learn a a lot and come to meet everybody. I think that's really great. And I I think it's really important, too, that this project seems to be a way to get these survivors together and create a sisterhood, to create a support network. Where they, can, where they can share stories and kind of get some healing through that process. Absolutely, yeah. Wow. You know, the other the other thing, too, that we're going to have is some of the pictures. Hopefully it'll work at the memorial, um, you know, um, but we're going to have QR codes under some of the photographs because I've done a few recordings of um, some of the women, just not, you know, just like little brief snippets of their story where they're speaking in their own voice about... Um, their experience of um, breast cancer, but also, and serving in the military, but also, you know, participating in this project. And, um, you know, it really is uh, actually just even participating in the project itself is a really healing thing because, you know, there's a lot of power when you stand in front of a camera and you say, these are my scars and this is what's happened to me. And um, you're kind of asking the world to accept your scars and your story and the things that have happened to you, but you're also asking yourself to do that as well. And then, you know, having the exhibit at the Women's Memorial is like just such a really beautiful um, thing that's going to happen because these women, not only are they being kind of seen for their breast cancer journey, but they're also being recognized as women veterans and in this space, this really beautiful grand space. So I'm so excited for these women to be able to, many of them are traveling from across the country to come and see their portrait in an exhibit. And um, it's just going to be such a beautiful, another level of healing for them to see, to see this, um, to see themselves in this beautiful grand space that honors their service, you know? Wow. You mentioned something earlier about how, um, well, for first of all, the military is, is predominantly male. Do you feel that the military is doing a better job of recognizing um, 
the difference between a male versus a female soldier and some of the needs that women have wearing a uniform and also just their, their medical needs. I mean, the hearing stories that, you know, they didn't even have, you're seeing that people were going to the VA or going to the hospital or getting going through TRICARE, I'm assuming, and not even having access to people that had experience to give them the type of treatments and surgeries that they needed for something that's, that you, you hear about all the time. I mean, breast cancer is not something that's, un, that's not unheard of. I mean, it's a common uh, cancer. Yes, uh, I, I feel like there's there are changes that are being made, and you know we're moving towards um, better treatment for these women. And but I feel like we're not there yet, and I feel like it differs from place to place. It really depends where you're living. So um, um, some I mean, of the women have better experiences than others. Yeah, I really agree. And I have a funny story uh, for my own part. When I was serving and I had food poisoning from the trial hall while I was in Kuwait. And so I had to go to the sick call. And so one one of the things that they normally do is that, you know, you have to do the pregnancy test for women whenever you come in nauseous. And um, so that happens. And then they do the regular exam and put, um, oh, gosh, I can't even remember the name, the, the thing that they used to, to hear uh, so they put it on my uh, on my stomach, and one of them jumped up and was looked scared. She accidentally uh, put it there to where my heartbeat line was. She thought she was hearing a baby's heartbeat. Oh wow! Without realizing, because I was underweight as a woman, that's actually pretty common to have that heartbeat line down the center of your stomach, and it it caused a little bit of drama. Mm. until we finally got the pregnancy test back. Uh, so that was uh, pretty interesting, because, especially with being a woman in a male-centered, dominated area. If a woman is even known to be having sex in certain er- uh, areas, it really ruins your reputation. Oh, wow. So, yeah, so when you go through things like that, through a mess-up and through a mistake by somebody, and then it really negatively impacts you, it's just... It hurts your career, hurts your men- mental health. So there's a lot of things, little things that people go through because of their gender. Mm. So, yeah, um, it's a... that's, that's, that's really crazy to me. I mean, I, I mean it's something you don't really think about as a man. I never thought about it, but, you know, but the reality is, is that, and I hear this a lot from female soldiers and people that are female service members, is that you know, women are being taught to be like men, in a sense, when they're in the military. Yes. So you're, so yeah, you're thinking well, like a man. You're you're dressing like a man. You're you're you know. But the, but you but you still have certain needs and requirements that you know the military needs to address. Yes. Yeah. And I think and you know, did. like even for instance, like feeling the need to like sort of shove down your emotions, like so that you don't feel the feelings that you're going through. I mean. I, I don't. I, I just feel like on a psychological level, that isn't particularly healthy either. And it would be wonderful to see, you know, a lot more like psychological support. You know, if if um, somebody like lost a, you know, if somebody loses a leg or you know something like that, you know, they're going to need a certain level of psychological support to deal with that loss. Well, a, you know, a mastectomy is an amputation. And, um, you know, no matter how you look at it, it's, it's an amputation and it's, you know, it's, there's a, a lot of grief and a lot of loss that happens to the body. So it'd be really wonderful to see, you know, some, you know, psychological support services and as well as, um, you know, uh, the proper path 
to physical healing. And how yeah. do you feel like your message has gotten across to other people, other people that haven't gone through breast cancer or, or maybe can't relate to that type of struggle that a woman might have to experience? How has it been, has it been received well? People are um, unbelievably kind and supportive. And um, I think, you know, especially like, you know, I think women in general are, are very um, touched by this pr- project because, you know, we all struggle, all women struggle with their body image. So, you know, seeing these women standing and, you know, being vulnerable, standing in their power, you know, being very present for the camera, there's a lot of, like, power that they're seeing in an image. And I think it really helps other other women to be seeing these images as well as, um, as, well as military women. But, um, you know, I always, you know, I always find that people are... Um, Super supportive. I mean, the other day we did a shoot out in, um, I, I met a, a woman out in Central Park and I shot her there. Um, you know, she was a New York City base. And, um, you know, people were walking by I and mean, they're seeing this woman draped on, in camo and holding a sword and, and, and with this, like, this real vision of strength, you know, and people were so drawn to that. Um, and she had absolutely no breast. She had no reconstruction or anything like that. So people were really, you could, you know, on the occasion that I sort of glanced around and saw what was going on and people were so drawn to what was going on. It's very powerful. Wow. It sounds like a powerful image. I mean, holding a sword and a camouflage. That's kind of cool in Central Park. Yeah. Yeah, well, she has some really beautiful images and it's it's glorious. I invite everybody to go check her out. Wow. So how do you come up with your ideas as far as how you frame a picture? The, how, oh, well, I, I, um, when I started the Grace, the main part of the Grace Project, um, when I started sort of thinking that I wanted to do this project, I, um, I was trying to think about um, how I could co- contextualize something that was a difficult thing to look at, but... Um, and a difficult thing to process, and how could I make that, how could I create a window that made something seem beautiful and powerful? And and um, the thought that came to me was the Venus de Milo, you know, the statue that survives the trauma's history, and in the process she's lost limbs, she's become broken, and yet we um, consider her like one of the most, you know, the like, absolute iconic beauty that has survived the trauma's history. So um, I decided that I would make these women into um, goddesses. Mm. And, um, you know, I draped them in this beautiful fabric, and I would, like, you know, pose them in a way where they felt beautiful and graceful. And so then when I started doing the um, Athena division of the um, Grace Project, um, I was like, I needed to be able to sort of separate that somehow and... um, you know, from the rest of the, and I, and it struck me that Athena is the goddess of war. And so I thought rather than draping them in this flowy fabric, like I do with the other women, that I would drape them in camouflage and that I'd give them an ancient weapon to like hold. And it's interesting because the weapon really gives them, you know, it, it gives them sort of a point of strength and the portrait. And, um, and so, you know, that, that's how I sort of, um, you know, came up with the, the whole, that's how I sort of framed the image in the, in terms of the composition and everything.
think that's and, really amazing. Uh, now, you guys, I, mean, really, I really appreciate your time as you spend with us. This is a great story. I think it's, I really want to look forward to seeing this on, on, online if, if possible. Um, this is Sharice Isis, the photographer of the Athena Division of the Grace Project, and Stefan Collada, U.S. Army Reserve Sergeant First Class veteran and the co- creator and co-founder of the Veterans Legislative Voice. Thanks for your time. Thank you so much for having us. Thank you for listening to America's Heroes Group podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you won't miss an episode. And for more details, visit americashg.org.